0: Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Um, well, well. Um, I, I I'm sorry. Um, turns out Listen, I'm working very hard here not to say I told you so. And I I am using a whole lot of my strength and energy to avoid it. But I kind of told you so. We can say, as is being said, that... Well,, um, it's the Daily Beast, and so it's liberals. I will tell you they reached out to me. The reporter reached out to me and asked me to participate in the story, and I declined to participate in the story. I didn't want nothing to do with the story, but well, Here we go. Roger Schollenberger, the Daily Beast. Turns out, well, Herschel Walker is Herschel Walker. When Herschel Walker's campaign aides approached Walker this winter to discuss whispers Walker had a secret child, the Georgia GOP Senate candidate told his campaign the rumors were false. The aides already knew he was lying. They had expected him to lie and had obtained documents in advance of that conversation verifying Walker did indeed have another child, the Daily Beast has learned. They handed the documents to him, and after some more back and forth, Walker finally admitted it was true. His aides asked if there were any other children they needed to know about. Walker insisted this was it. When the Daily Beast learned about the existence of that 10-year-old child in June and went to the campaign for comment, Campaign manager Scott Paradise prepared a statement, but first he went to Walker with a question. Be honest. Are there any more? No, Walker said. Paradise then put out a statement insisting that Walker, who at that point had only publicly acknowledged one child, his adult son Christian, was very proud of his children. To suggest that Walker is hiding the child because he hasn't used him in his political campaign is offensive and absurd, Paradise said. The very next day, the Daily Beast reached out again asking about a, n- another undisclosed child, at this time a 13-year-old. The campaign approached Walker, asked again. This time he acknowledged this child was his. This account of Walker lying to his own campaign about his children comes from a closely connected advisor and was verified by communications that the source turned over. We're not quoting from the messages out of concern they could potentially expose the source's identity. The communications reveal a campaign and a candidate in chaos. Emails and text messages show advisors discussing how they don't trust Walker, both to tell the truth to them and to handle campaign events properly. And harboring concerns, he isn't mentally fit for the job. He spouts falsehoods like he's breathing, this advisor said, so much so the campaign staff do not believe him. He's lied so much, we don't know what's true, the person said. Three people interviewed for the article independently confirmed Walker is a pathological liar. The Walker campaign would not comment. Walker has, in fact, racked up a staggering record of falsehood, so he's like Joe Biden. The campaign source painted a picture of an operation that for months has been at the mercy of a volatile, deceitful candidate. A campaign's worst nightmare, the source said. It's like a, well for this radio program, poop show, on a train in the middle of a wreck. But if the campaign is headed for disaster, the Republican Party appears to be in the dark about it. In conversations with Republican higher-ups, senior Walker campaign aides have held back on their ongoing struggles with containing, directing, and cleaning up after Walker, even if internally they believe he's a serious liability, according to a source familiar with conversations. The revelations come at a critical time. The National Party, has lined up behind Walker after his easy, early primary win. Most establishment Republicans are lukewarm. It goes on. Y'all, if you listened to this program, you knew I was afraid it would happen. The strategy is to keep Walker off television and on script, campaign aide speaking on condition of anonymity says he doesn't listen he doesn't take direction because he comes from a place where he says i have built myself up in the media for years he can still win he can still win this is a terrible environment for the democrats but if you go back to 2010 and the rise of the republican tea party The Tea Party raced to pick several candidates, and they all lost. Christine O'Donnell in Delaware, who had to tell voters she wasn't really a witch, and Sharon Engel in Nevada, who didn't run a good campaign. I supported Sharon Engel, by the way, and I think she got a bad rap, but even I have to concede. She ran a very undisciplined campaign, and she lost to Harry Reid in a year that was brutal for Democrats. Walker's not a good candidate. And he's got a whole host of baggage. And Republicans in Georgia did this to themselves, like Pennsylvania Republicans did it to themselves with Dr. Oz and Mastriano, the gubernatorial candidate, who ironically is doing better than Dr. Oz. Every reasonable, plugged in person saw this coming from a billion miles away. And he can still win. And you need to know that, th- those of you Democrats who are listening to this, he can still win. This is a bad year for Democrats, but the campaign's got to keep him off the stage. Listen, I knew there were red flags a long time ago with Walker's candidacy, and I tried to warn my audience about it, and his campaign and the outside uh, pack that supports him uh, gave me all sorts of grief for raising the red flags about Walker. I'm used to the pressure campaigns and ignoring them. If you needed a red flag, your red flag should have been the fact that I literally invited every Republican senatorial candidate to come on this program for an hour. I told them the questions in advance. Who are you? Why are you running? Why you and not them? And what's your big issue? They got an hour to answer those four questions, and his campaign flat out refused to do it. If you can't sit behind a microphone, literally, for those of you not in Atlanta, first of all, you need to understand something. My show is on in every corner of the state of Georgia. So these Republican Senate candidates literally got an entire hour in every corner of the state of Georgia. I am on live in the four wealthiest zip codes in the state of Georgia where Republican donors pay attention. I'm on in Sea Island, a gated community on a private gated island. And they all listen to me. I'm on in Buckhead in Atlanta. I'm on all over the state of Georgia. I'm also on in North Carolina live in a beautiful section of the state of North Carolina where a lot of Georgians have vacation homes. Now, I'm on delay in other parts of the country, like, for example, Springfield, Illinois, where they don't much care about Georgia politics, but also they care about winning the U.S. Senate, and they care about these candidates. And every single one of those candidates came on this program except for him. As I told them all, even Stacey Abrams was willing to do this with me in 2018. Because if you know me, I'm not going to play Tim Russert. It's no gotcha. I want you to be able to, to explain who you are. Why are you running? What makes you passionate? What is your big issue? Why you and not them? I want to be able to give you that opportunity. In the Republican primary, I gave them all that opportunity, and every single one of them came on except for him. He could not sit for an hour and have that conversation. He was not willing to do it. Now, you talk to the campaign, they'll say, well, you were critical of him. I was critical of every damn one of them. If you've listened, I criticized every single one of those candidates, and only he was incapable of coming in and answering questions. And the questions, oh, my gosh, the questions. Hi, who are you? Give me your background, please. Why are you running? What's your big issue for Georgia? Why should people vote for you and not any of these other candidates? He couldn't answer those questions. Should have been a big red flag for everybody. And he can still win. He can still win, but it depends more on the political environment than his campaign. Now, part of this is grief. Staffers, too, let's be honest here. you got staffers who are deeply frustrated. They're venting. They're signaling for help. And no, by the way, the white horse is not coming for you. Herschel Walker is not going to get out of the race. You're stuck with him. You're stuck with him. Herschel Walker can still win. Joe Biden won. Joe Biden was a serial liar who made up stories about himself. To this day, Joe Biden claims he got into the Naval Academy, and he didn't. And The media gives him a pass. They're not going to give Herschel Walker a pass, but it doesn't matter. He can still win. He can still win by attacking the Biden economy and tying Raphael Warnock to the Biden economy. He can still win. But Herschel Walker winning wins because of a political environment that is bad for Democrats. Herschel Walker does not win because of himself. Herschel Walker's got a lot of baggage. Republicans in the state of Georgia, if they lose, will have yet again three Senate elections in a row. Well, two of them were at the same time. We'll have handed the Democrats the race. Georgia Republicans are doing this to Georgia. It's not the Democrats. It's the Georgia Republicans. Any other Republican who was in that race would be ahead in the polls right now. You had the ag commissioner for the state of Georgia, who has an entire statewide base, who knows how to run for elections and get votes from suburban Atlanta areas. You had a Navy SEAL. You had a a young man who's a a solid Christian and a great businessman. And you had a fantastic businessman, construction worker, uh, construction owner, self-made man who also happens to be African-American. You had them all, but you went with the famous guy, and the famous guy can win. I don't want you to hear me thinking, he can't win. Oh, he can win. He can win. This environment so bad for the Democrats, but you're going to spend more resources to get him across the finish line than you needed to, and those resources being spent on him could cost someone else somewhere else the job. What is notable here is are that his campaign aides are leaking and those campaign aides probably need to be fired. Herschel Walker probably needs to shake up his campaign. If you have aides on record but on background who want to be anonymous leaking, that's not the sign of a healthy campaign. And if you want to win in a terrible environment, you at least need a functioning campaign. And this sounds like a dysfunctional campaign. And listen, I know what the campaign is going to do because it's what I would do if I was running the campaign. You'll attack the Daily Beast. You'll attack the reporter. You'll say they're liberals. It's a liberal hit job, blah, 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 blah. But all the stuff in the story is true because the campaign aides aren't just talking to liberal reporters. They're talking to conservative radio show hosts and others too. And there's deep frustration there. There is. And even they are willing to acknowledge he can still win. He can still win. He probably will win if the environment continues to be bad. But my gosh, it didn't have to be this way. And yeah, uh, if he got out, the GOP could find a better candidate who would win, but he's not going to get out. No use crying over spilt milk. The milk is spilt. The question now is, how do you mop it up? What do you do with it? And I don't have an answer for that. We got, what, four more months of this. It's going to be exciting to watch what happens. Listen, I realize it's a podcast ad, but it's also true. I do sleep under Bowling Branch sheets every night. They are noticeable, distinct there. They've got a great weight to them. They've got a great softness to them, and they get softer over time. They use the best 100% organic cotton threads on the planet for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They're soft to start with. They get softer. They've also got a great weight. They're not too light. They're not too heavy. They keep you cool in the summer, warm in the winter. They're just perfect sheets, really. They use the highest quality threads there are. They're beloved even by three U.S. presidents. they got over 10,000 stellar reviews. And you can feel the difference of their iconic signature sheets pretty immediately. Bowling Branch even gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. The annual summer event is starting soon, but Bowling Branch is giving you guys exclusive early access before anyone else to 20% off with promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K at bolandbranch.com. It is their best offer of the year before the holidays, so you need to act now. Again, you guys, my listeners of The Eric Erickson Show, get this exclusive early access, and you get to save 20% with promo code ERIC. It's Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, for 20% off. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I want to go to Rebecca's phone call. Rebecca, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Well, I was just calling
1: to say something about the electric Mm vehicle. And I have one. And I would not recommend people get them. Um, My vehicle has 70,000 miles on it. And it now, when I charge it, it only will go 20 miles. So it's sort of like a glorified golf cart. So the body is perfect. The interior is great. And I thought, well, I'll get a new battery. The battery for this car is, if you're lucky, Mm. $9,000. To put the battery in, they have to lift the car off the chassis completely. So, installation can run upwards of $3,000. Wow. So, essentially, I have a car that has 70,000 miles on it that is essentially, like I said, a golf cart. Um,
0: Well, you know what, Rebecca? There was an article I saw on some left-wing site a couple weeks ago uh, complaining about people like you. That basically said <laughs> you you should have been taking all the money you were saving on gas and putting it in a fund somewhere so you could one day replace your battery and keep your car going. <laughs> I, I, now, I don't know what world on, they live in.
1: Dream yeah. on because I'm I'm paying the two hundred and thirteen dollar a year fee mm-hmm. for driving an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at trading it in. The trade in value is now twelve hundred dollars.
2: Good grief.
1: Um and so i I think you're right in everything you said. They need to get their technology needs to kind of catch up with this, and they need to figure out the battery. Yeah. Now, I did have a hybrid, and it had three hundred and fifty thousand miles on it when it you know when we mm-hmm. ended up getting rid of it. So I figure that's about what is that five of this car mm-hmm. that the whole thing would need to be recycled, so it sure doesn't seem like I'm being very green.
0: <laughs> I I just I it's it's I'm I'm so glad r first of all I really am glad you called. And it, it it's just look, I'm I'm not opposed and, and people think I am, but because my vehemence is on So much of government in Hollywood is trying to push people into electric vehicles, and for a lot of people, they're just not that good of a fit, and they do have issues. And they're not the environmentally friendly car when you actually do the analysis on uh, harvesting the lithium and and the different parts sourcings, the the rare earth metals that go into them. They're not as environmentally friendly, but on the upside— You drove 70,000 miles and you never had to go to the gas pump to fill up, but you did, I suspect, more than once have to go somewhere where you didn't get the charge you were expecting to get at the high-capacity charger.
1: Oh, yeah, and I had to have the car put on a lift because they can't tow it because you can't turn the motor on. Wow. So they had to send a flatbed to bring it back to my house to charge.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we still got a ways to go. I totally agree, and thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call, Rebecca. I really do. Um, Again, folks, an electric vehicle may be a good fit for you. If you commute in a city and you're not driving long distances, get an electric car. You don't have to change the oil. You don't have to fill up with gas. Occasionally change the tires. Not heavy maintenance. But when the battery goes, you're going to have problems. And also, there are a lot of places, charge stations, that advertise as high-capacity charging, and they're not that high capacity. I mean, you just read that Wall Street Journal story. And by the way, the electric car industry has just gone nuts over it. And all the, the reporter says is this was my actual real-world experience with an actual electric vehicle from Hyundai and what I actually did. How can people attack her for telling her truth, her story? It actually happened to her. She didn't make it up. It's just we're we're not as a society there yet. And if you plug in all those cars, you're going to take out the power grid, too. We got problems. Um, if they're a good fit for you, good. Just stop demanding that Americans get into them because they're not that good of a fit for everybody. And for a lot of poor middle class people who can get a cheap car, they're too expensive. Today, I didn't know it was a thing. Today is apparently National Dive Bar Day. National Dive Bar Day. My gosh, I know where I'm going tonight. My office. It's my favorite dive bar. (laughs) You know, honestly, it's not a bad name for a dive bar. Call it my office. Like in in college towns, they all have one called the library. So when your parents call, you can tell them you've been at the library. I mean, buddies of mine at LSU, when I was was in college, the, the library was a bar there right off campus. Now you can have my office. I'm going to my office. I'm going to my office. <laughs> going to be at my office for a while. <laughs> you could even do like a WeWork space in the back. I mean, just just saying. Okay, we got folks on the phones. I will take phone calls. You know, today may be your last day to actually make it through. Because the regular call screener has come back from Montana. And he's got to work out his anger management issues on the callers starting tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be an open line Friday, and the lines will be closed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about we do this? 877-973-7425. Daniel, you're going to be up next. Welcome.
3: Hey, Eric. It's been a
4: while since i talked to you. Hi there. I, uh, I there. I accidentally deleted the text about your recipe. I'll have to uh, resend it to get it. I'm interested in trying it. But... All, all all things aside, uh, I actually had a Herschel Walker volunteer knock on my door, and when I told him I was not going to be voting for him, he took it back like I was insulting my mother's cooking, and I'm <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I'm just not. Uh, I said, I am not going to be voting for uh, Raphael Warnock either, and they're like, well, we all need to re- uh, unite behind the candidate in the Republican Party, and I'm like, well, yeah, for whatever the case may be, you know, and you said, a lot of other people said he's going to win. I said, well, he, if he's going to win, he's going to win. Whatever. He's going to do it without my vote. People have won without my vote before. There are some Republican candidates that are obviously going to win without my vote. So, therefore, I'm, I'm just not going to waste it uh, on Herschel Walker. And I just,
0: I don't know. I want your thoughts. Well, okay. You know, let me, let me say this. I, I used to, I was in that camp. Well, oh my gosh! You got to go vote. You got to go vote. If you don't vote, we could lose. And do you really want the the Democrats? And you know, then people did that to me in 2016 and said, if you don't vote, you're voting for Hillary Clinton, and and if you don't vote for Trump, you're voting for Clinton. Well, I voted third party. Trump still won, so they really didn't need my vote. And and I I, I think at that point I, I become a hypocrite if I start telling people, oh my gosh, you you got you got to go vote. You got to go vote. If you're not comfortable with the candidate, you don't have to go vote for the candidate. Now, look, there are a lot of a lot of the people who tell you you've got to go vote for Herschel Walker or else are also the people telling you, well, I'm going to vote third party. I'm not going to vote for Brian Kemp. So why, why should I why should I listen to those people? Uh, the fact of the matter is, if you're not comfortable with the candidate, I'm not going to tell you to vote for that candidate. All of us should do our own thinking. I, I have uh, grown out of the days. Where I wanted to tell people, you got to go do this or else, Um What I want to do as a radio show host, in addition to just keeping you entertained, which is the number one job of a host, is uh, to make sure you have all the facts and data where you can make up your own mind. I don't want to tell you what to think. I want to tell you how to think. I want to give you the facts so you can think for yourself. And if you're not comfortable with the candidate based on your assessment, well, that's the candidate's problem, and the candidate has to earn your vote. No one should be able to expect your vote— Because of your worldview, no one should be able to take you for granted. No candidate should just be able to say, well, you have to vote for me. No, the hell I don't. If you don't fit what I want in a candidate, I do not have to vote for you. I don't care what the letter is next to your name. And if you're telling me that if I don't vote for you, the other guy wins, well, then you know what? He might win, but it's not because of me. It's because of you. You did not do what you needed to do to earn my vote. This is democracy. It's not called dictate who I vote for. It's called earn my vote. Herschel Walker has not earned Daniel's vote. Maybe between now and November, he can persuade Daniel to vote for him, but maybe he won't be able to. Maybe in the crisis of the moment when it looks like the Democrats could really keep the Senate and, and every vote counts, Daniel might say, you know what? I don't like the guy, but I actually do want the Republicans to take the Senate and stop the Democrats from killing the filibuster. And maybe he will change his mind. But that's on the candidate to make a persuasive case. I, I am so over the days of, oh, well, you have to vote for me or the other guy wins. Well, I'm sorry. I hate your guts. I'm not going to vote for you, candidate. I think you're a terrible idiot. I'm not going to vote for you. I would be ashamed to vote for you. I, 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 just, I, I think this is on you, the voter, to decide, are you comfortable voting for someone? And if you're not, I'm not going to browbeat you into voting for someone who you don't like. If the candidate hasn't earned your vote, the candidate hasn't earned your vote. And ultimately, it's not about you. It's about the candidate. If the candidate cannot earn your vote, well, then I'm sorry, candidate. You don't get the vote. I don't care. It's no longer – it can't be Republican versus Democrat. Look what happened. We're at $30 trillion in national debt, and for a time, Republicans controlled everything in Washington, and they told us Democrats were the ones who were worried or who were the big spenders. No, no, you guys were the big spenders. You spent that money, not the Democrats. You controlled everything just like the Democrats control everything now. I'm tired of you breaking your promises. I like individual candidates. I support candidates now. I used to be an elected Republican. And I always try to encourage people to vote for me not because I was a Republican but because of what I myself stood for, what I myself was going to fight for, what I myself believed in. There's a vast array of intellectual diversity within the Republican Party. Some are pro-gay marriage. Some are traditional marriage. Some are pro-abortion. Some are pro-life. Some are in favor of trans rights and boys and girls sports. Some are. It depends on where you live in the country. There's a lot of regionalism in the Republican Party. It's not homogenous these days like so much of the Democratic Party is. And each candidate has to cater a message for the area where they live and try to attract the voters in that area. And if they can't, they can't. It's not my fault. Note to the Herschel Walker campaign. You've got a voter in Georgia named Daniel says he's not going to vote for you. He's I can attest to this because I know him. He's a conservative, hardworking Republican, boots on the ground, knocks on doors, pours out sweat equity for candidates he cares about. you got an opportunity to persuade him. But you're not going to persuade him by demanding that he vote for you or the other side win. That's not a persuasive message these days. you got to work on that. Now, let's go back to the phones. Michael, you are going to be on the program. Welcome, Michael. How are you?
2: I'm doing fine. Hope you're doing well. I'm great. What's going Um, on? I'm calling about the electric vehicles, and I'd like to make a point and ask a question, and then I'll hang up and listen to your response. Um, My my point is that Biden and the Democratic Party – are pushing electric vehicles now to the exclusion of oil, yet Biden is going around the world begging comp- countries mm-hmm. to produce more oil. The electric vehicles are maybe green, but the body panels, the brakes, and the tires are all oil-based or petroleum-based products. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem very green to me. <clears throat> My question, and I hope I'm going to ask it correctly: What happens in two years when either? A, apparently DeSantis or Trump, which seem to be the the two most mentioned names for the Republican nomination, hopefully win the presidency, and we go back to oil and natural gas exploration, drilling extraction, because they both seem to be very pro that way. What happens to the electric car industry, and hopefully our economy will still be um, viable enough to withstand this electric stuff, And we can go back to that. Well, okay, So I I, and what have you on that. Sure, Michael.
0: Thanks very much for that. Uh, I think if we can get some common sense balance out there, there's a future for electric market for electric vehicles for sure. But there's also a future for gas vehicles. Your tractors and your 18 wheelers, they're not going to really become electric. There's not enough lithium out there to make it happen. We're going to have to have gas. It is a pipe dream from the left that we're going to get rid of all of it. I would like to think that if a Republican gets elected president, we will have a Republican Congress, which we probably should. If we can get some of these guys like Walker across the finish line this year, there will be even more of them in 24, given the landscape there and what seats are up for election we would be able to find some common sense, common ground on balance of electric vehicles and gas vehicles. The problem is that unless Congress legislates to give some protections to the oil and gas industry, so they know the next president's not going to wipe them out, they're going to have no incentive to invest in oil and gas. The next president and Congress together are going to have to act together to protect the oil and gas industry. Now, uh, let's go back to the phone. Steve, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Thank you, sir. I'm going to
5: pay you a compliment, probably unlike anything you've ever heard before. Uh-oh. And it's not going to be anything bad. All oh, good. No, just, just, uh, relax. All right. <laughs> you can. All right. what well, the Eric, proctologist gonna... told me too, Steve. Oh, okay then. <laughs> well, please don't let me in that same boat because I'm not there, I promise. <laughs> Eric, I, I don't know if you know, I know you know Scripture because I know you study Scripture. I can tell that by some of the things that you say. Um, but you remember how there were watchmen in the Old Testament watching out for the nation of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, sir, I still believe that there are watchmen today as far as the uh, the body of Christ today, and I consider you one of those. Because you're alerting us as a nation and as a people of God to be mindful about what's happening in our nation. Don't don't be fooled by what you're hearing or thinking or even feeling, but get to the facts of it all. And consider, you know, where we are as a nation. Because, brother, I'm telling you, my heart's weeping for this nation. I'm only 57, but my heart is breaking thinking, where did we go? Where have we gone? And you, my friend, I'm so thankful that you shoot it straight. I know there's other conservative talk show hosts. I like Sean Hannity too, but you're not afraid to set to put Christ into your audience's ears and let them know that He's our hope. It's not our government. It's Him.
0: Well, listen, I appreciate that very much. I really, genuinely do. Thank you very much, Steve, for that. And I, you know, I I occasionally disappoint, but but I just try to tell you. I mean, give you the data, give you the analysis. Uh, tell you what's going on in the world and then let you make up your mind for yourself. I, I don't I have no monopoly on being right. And sometimes I'm not and try to correct the record, but um trying to to, to tell you what really is important and what's happening. And oftentimes, you know, I like I, I when I started out as a radio show host, I was into the red meat radio. Here conservatives be mad about this. Blah but it just my, – my heart really wasn't in it over time. And, you know, talking to Rush, who was a great friend, he just said, be yourself. you got to be entertaining to be on radio. you got to keep people company. But be yourself. And, and if, if you're not into just the, the uh, hellfire and brimstone, red meat, throw chum in the water, get the shark circling and fired up stuff – I mean, do something else. And I just thought, you know, I, I, I love to analyze stuff and, and tell you here really is. This is the big headline. Here's why it's important. Here's what's happening. And then I'll tell you what I think about it. I'll try to do it in entertaining fashion so you stick around and maybe laugh in your car and don't run off the road on 400 and die. But I, I just, just try to try to get you to, to pay attention and follow along and stuff. So I appreciate that very much. All right. Let's see here. Uh, John, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Eric, uh,
3: thank you very much for taking my call. Number one, amen to your comments. Before Michael, amen to uh, Michael's comments, questions, and Steve. Wonderful. Thank you. I do have one, one question. Um, if we're supposed to go into the Green New Deal
2: battery-operated
3: vehicles why doesn't the federal government show us how well this works hey let's convert the beast that drives the president around (laughs) let's convert the SUVs that uh Buttigieg uh, you know he goes to what a quarter mile away from the uh Right, White House or the Capitol. Yeah, no, no. no. Okay. Hang bicycle. on, John. I don't know if you know
0: this. True story. A uh, Buttigieg drive, has his motorcade driving to within a couple blocks of his office, and he gets out and gets on a bike.
3: Uh, yes, that's exactly the point. And by the way, it still has to follow him. Right. Burning right. fossil fuel. What? It doesn't make any sense, sir. No.
0: No, it's all for show. It's all virtue signaling by these people. None of it makes any sense. Listen, again, if you want a, if you want a battery pack, go get a battery. I don't care. Just stop trying to bully all of America into getting them, which is what they're doing right now. They're trying to bully you in, into getting something you may or may not want. I mean, like, you know, I, I would not want to bully you into getting, for example, an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. There, there's no reason to bully you. I, I, I think it's a great product. And I want to try to convince you of how good the product is to get it. It's an air purifier. Yes, it gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the pollen. But you know what else it does? It actually deodorizes. It cleans the air. It gets rid of the smells. So if there's a smoker in your car or your house, wipes out those odors. You got a dirty litter box, wipes out those odors. Is you got a musty house or, like, I keep mine in my suitcase when I'm traveling so that if I'm in an old hotel or I've got a rental car where someone's been stinking it up before I got there, I can plug it in. You can use a USB cord or you can plug it directly into the wall. And it just wipes out the odors, and it really does work. And right now, uh, you got to buy one, get one free offer. Uh, if you go to EdenPureDeals.com – don't go to EdenPure.com. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see the web page come up, and it says Radio and Podcast. Welcome, listeners. Enter your host cohort. If you put in Eric Bogo, E-R-I-C-K, B-O-G-O, all one word, it says success. You get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You buy one, you get one. You buy two, you get two. You add four, you're only gonna pay for two. You add two, you're only gonna pay for one. It it just, you, you put in your cart two of these Eden Pure Thunderstorms. You get them for the price of one, which is $129. So you get two of these for $129. If you put in four of them, You get to save $258 because you're getting four of them for the price of two of them. It's a great deal. Eric Bogo. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. It'll ask you on the front page, welcome, radio listeners, what's your discount code? You put in Eric Bogo, E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O, and you buy one, you get one for free. You get two of them for the price of one. You get four of them for the price of two. You get six of them for the price of three. Can't go higher than that because I'm half Swedish. I can't do math that high. But nonetheless, you get the point. Eric Bogo is the discount code at EdenPureDeals.com. I have enjoyed talking to you guys today. Unfortunately, for those of you still on hold, I went long talking to so many people that I don't have time to take any more phone calls because I've only got about a minute. But in that minute, I can delight you with a story. You will not be surprised to learn this. I've been meaning to talk about this story for like, what, two, three days in a row, Chick-fil-A, for the eighth year in a row, America's favorite restaurant. Literally, this is old news now. I meant to talk about it the other day. It would have been cutting-edge news. But according to the American Customer Satisfaction Index, Chick-fil-A, eight years in a row, one of the most profitable, fastest-growing restaurants in America, the restaurant chain. And they're closed on Sunday. And do you know the number of people who are so broken by their partisanship in politics who get so angry at the idea of Chick-fil-A being closed on Sunday? I know a guy. He's not listening right now because he he loves me because he doesn't listen to the show. He would probably hate my guts if he did because he's really rabidly partisan. And he is convinced Chick-fil-A being closed on Sunday is a marketing gimmick. He's absolutely convinced. Hey, you know, I, I find this about people. Like, I got an email earlier from a guy who said, "If it was if the guidestones were a Christian monument, you'd be furious." If somebody blew them up. Like, I, I really, I don't give a crap about a granite monument somewhere I didn't even know existed until a f- couple of months ago. I, I I couldn't care less. I don't care whether. I mean, it, it could be a, a statue of the Virgin Mary, and it'd be on the middle of nowhere, and no one visited it at all, and and. Yeah, it'd be terrible. Someone should go to jail, but whoop-dee! Yeah, I didn't even know it existed. So how would you say that? But I mean, people have their own skewed ideas of what other people think, and people want to be cynical and convinced. But no, Chick-fil-A is a well-run company by wonderful people who really care and produce a great product, and it shows. And they care about their employees deeply, and that matters greatly in this world.